In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. The best marketers sell with story, and the best storyteller wins the customer. And the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to eingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. I am Garlic, and today we're going to talk about marketing, but also how to get more out of your marketing, how to really scale your business, how to grow your business in a way that you want to, and be able to market better, market more. Um, and this is going out to professionals, but also marketers. Uh, today, I have an awesome guest, uh, Marty Madden. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, and I, I want to get. A little, I'm not going to tell them about your background because I think it's an amazing background, amazing story. I'm going to let you tell the story. But thanks a lot for being on the show. Yeah, Ian, thank you so much. It is uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you, and I, I appreciate it. Um, so, Marty, tell me. Uh, you know, I know a little bit about your background, but. Tell the audience about how you, you know, because you're right now, you're a business consultant, a business coach, uh, but you weren't always that way. And you've had success in previous life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of going back all, you know, I'll run through it quickly, but you know, I was born and raised in Michigan. Uh, I got a psych degree at the university of Michigan and uh, always loved psychology. always loved the, why is one person successful? Why is one, you know, is this person excluded or included in sort of the, the, psychology of success. And uh, I also ran a business when I was in college. Uh, It was putting tar on asphalt. So steel coating, which teaches you what you don't want to do for life. Um, But, you know, learned a lot from that experience. But I also came from a long line of attorneys. My grandfather was an attorney. My father is an attorney. My uncle's an attorney. Um, My grandfather actually started a law firm. So I really saw uh, how um, being a lawyer, like I saw my, my father navigate the world powerfully, confidently, ethically, and uh, was really inspired by that, but didn't necessarily think I was going to become a lawyer. because so I was going down the psychology path and was really, I, I liked it, but I couldn't figure out why after four years of undergrad, I didn't love it. And part of the reason was because at the time it focused more on pathologies. How do you help people get uh, healthier uh, but they weren't in a healthy spot. And really, like things like emotional intelligence, positive psychology, all these how do you thrive uh, fields were, were kind of being studied, but weren't necessarily part of the curriculum. So, I, you know, of course, coming out of that, uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And my, my father told me, hey, you know what, go get a law degree. Now, even if you don't practice, it's, it's, it's worthwhile. So I went down that path, um, got a law degree from the University of Wisconsin beautiful place, very cold in the winter, uh, much like <laughs> Michigan. And, uh, you know, I, 
I, I came out, I went to Chicago uh, right after law school. I practiced law in Chicago for a year. I decided to move back to Michigan. Actually, the I was living in Chicago at the time and ended up meeting my wife there. The joke at the time was, if you want to meet a nice girl from Michigan, move to Chicago. And uh, I did. I, 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 I wish it wasn't true. At the time, it was true. I met my wife in Chicago. And uh, amazingly enough, we actually grew, a mile, uh, like grew up a mile apart from each other in Michigan. So... Moved back to Michigan and uh, practiced law for, for three plus years at the firm that my grandfather had started. And, and this is when I started to realize that um, all of the things that had made me who I was were starting to slip away. Um, and and I, it's really only in hindsight that I can kind of see this now, but it, it was some, to some extent, it's just the environment uh, and the legacy of the practice of law. And I was losing passion for the work that I was doing, and I was really, really uncomfortable. I ended up uh, so in total, I practiced for about four years, and there were aspects of it that I loved. I loved, help, you know, really considered myself, you know, they say attorney and counselor. The counseling part of it, I loved, and the uh, analysis and the problem solving. But there's a lot of challenges in terms of keeping track of your life in six-minute increments, uh, just the hierarchical nature of the practice. And, uh, and the expectations and, and just the way things have been set up. And so I, I really came to the conclusion that I, that I didn't want to practice law. And so I, I decided to cut the cord. I, actually, it's kind of funny because I, my wife and I were getting married, and I cut the cord a week before we got married. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my wife thought she was marrying an attorney. I'm sure it was it's funny like, then. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like funny, like, oh, your kid just drew over all, all over the wall. I'm sure we'll laugh about this someday. Um, situation. So, you know, here she was thinking she was marrying a lawyer, and then, haha, just kidding, you're going to be marrying a coach. Um, but in, in full disclosure, she knew about it, and she was incredibly supportive. And I, I, I just threw out there and told everyone I wanted to get into coaching. I had met somebody who had been a coach, and I, I just couldn't believe, like, this is what you're doing? Like, you can get paid to do, help people in this capacity? It was everything that I wanted um, minus some of the things that I didn't like about the practice of law. And, and so I ended up uh, accepting a job as a business development coach at UBS and spent a year. To, so they were trying to build an internal coaching organization as a resource for their uh, senior management, branch managers, and financial advisors. And so I spent a year doing business development for them. Uh, amazing experience. There were only 50 of us nationwide. Unfortunately, the markets collapsed in 2018. I was responsible for most of Michigan and part of Ohio. And you know they, they lost billions and billions of dollars. So they wiped out the entire program. I don't blame them at all. If you're not a profit center at that point, you're, you're gone. And I, uh, to, to shorten the story here a little bit, uh, after a while, I realized that, you know what, I just need to open up my own firm uh, or my own practice and, and help people. Um, could I help everybody? No, but I knew that I could help people right then and there. And so I, I launched my practice. And ever since then, I've really been helping people with leadership development, business development, um, mindset work, um, culture, teaming, all the things that, all the ingredients that go into living powerfully personally, but also powerfully professionally. And so a lot of my work, not exclusively, but a lot of my work uh, is with attorneys. And I love that work because I get to go back in and help attorneys live the kind of practice that I would have given anything to have experienced. And in fact, I may have stayed in the practice of law if I could have worked with someone like myself who, understand that, who understood that combination 
of it's not just about looking through the keyhole of business when you optimize all of the different facets of your life. And this goes for law firms, too, to understand this. Um, when you optimize and help lawyers optimize all the different facets of their life that are important to them, like right, it's not for me to be prescriptive about what parts are important, but when you do that, that's when you bring the, the best out of people. That's when they show up powerfully, creatively, collaboratively. They bring new ideas, fresh ideas. And from a, you know, from a standpoint of attracting and retaining talent, um, you get attorneys who are happy and are loving the practice. And so that's, that's, sorry, that's the, that's the short version of the long story. (laughs) Um, You know, and and that brings me into a a very important factor because we were talking before, most uh, most attorneys, most professionals, really good professionals feel like they can just put their head down and work as hard as possible. And that's what's going to grow their practice. Um, But I mean, is this what you see usually with the people that you're working with? All the time. It is, it's probably one of the, the top three um, biggest mistakes, and, it, and it's so frustrating. Right? Listen, like I, we're all guilty of this. right? I think if you're passionate about the kind of work that you're doing, it's easy to think that if you just put your head down and grind away, you're going to get ahead. And it's absolutely maddening to those people to see other people getting ahead that seemingly are, aren't working as hard. Uh, but that's exactly it. And I think where you're going with this is that it's all of the other ingredients that go into this, right? It's, it's your, what's your story, right? What's your marketing? Um, are you investing in yourself, right? So many people are, are literally like one of my favorite quotes is from Abraham Lincoln. And he said, if I had six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first four sharpening my blade. Like that is the epitome of the work that I'm doing with people. I'm helping them sharpen their blade so that you're not hacking away or, to use your words, grinding away, um, wondering why they're exhausted and not producing tremendous, like amazing results in life. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I see this all the time, and, um, and it prevents them. Actually, the work – do you see the work preventing them from growing? It, it's doing the opposite. It, it's it, because that's what I see is like they think with all the professionals that I work with and, and I'm a victim of this too. It's like if I work harder for my clients, if I work harder and get make my technical skills better, I'm going to I'm going to succeed more. Mm-hmm. And, and do you see that as like actually holding them back? Yeah. I mean, listen, like there's no substitute for working hard, but there's like working hard looks different depending on how you approach it. And I think to your point, it, it's like the trap of the entrepreneur, right? Like you, you, people get into this or, or lawyers are practicing or any professional for that matter. And you get into it because you enjoy it and you're working really hard. And so what happens? You start getting referrals or you start getting more work. But unless you create the systems and the process and you set boundaries and you put all these other things in place, right? Or even in marketing, you know, for instance, like uh, unless you create a system where you don't have, like, I remember this earlier on in my career that for a while, my, I was just referral and word of mouth. And it was so great. I mean, right. It's like, there's nothing more rewarding than going out into the world, adding value, right? That's what we get rewarded for. We get rewarded and compensated for adding value in the world. But the problem is if all you're doing is waiting for referrals and word of mouth, it's a really scary place to be in because it feels like even if you're growing every year, the whole system could collapse at any moment. And I think a lot of professionals feel like that because they don't have a system in place. They don't have a, a message. They don't have their story. They don't have marketing. They don't have a way to attract people and to have a constant pipeline. And they're so busy doing what they're doing that the thought of adding one more thing is just so overwhelming that most of them just give up. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, to, to that point, when you see people do this, how, how do you help them overcome that idea? How do you help them overcome the idea of working on themselves or not that they shouldn't work on themselves? They shouldn't work on their business and they should just be working in their business. I mean, because it, it, we all hear that we should be working on our business, not in our business, but it's hearing it and knowing it and actually doing it are two different things. Yeah, yeah. You know, listen, there's a lot of frameworks out there, a lot of different things that you can do. For me, I think there's two big pillars. Um, there's sort of, I focus on personal mastery and business mastery and, and walking people through a process where they can see the value of each of those. So on the personal side, a lot of it is about figuring out, right? And some of this, it's kind of like, you know, uh, slow is fast. And so that's a frustration sometimes is that it feels slow because they've never, no one's ever spent time on this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Rarely do people spend this kind of time on it. And so what they want is results and they feel like they might need to move faster, but sometimes slowing down and actually thinking about some of these things that don't seem like they directly relate to it are exactly what they need to do. So really grounding yourself in who are you, right? Like what are your values? What are your strengths? What's your personality style? Um, where are you under investing in your life right now? And that will look different for each person. What's your personal vision? Not your business vision. What's your personal vision? What do you want that to look like? Um, so those are some of the things. And then also just that, like how you structure your day, how you structure your energy. One of the biggest ones is around mindset. So I, I don't want to like go too deep into this, you know, just quickly on a podcast, but like we, everyone's walking around with limiting beliefs. We're all doing it. And I've, I've worked with ridiculously successful people and they have limiting beliefs. We all do. And, you know, and sometimes they sound like this. Um, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I need more training. Um, I don't have enough time. Um, I'm not as far along as I should be. All these things. And, and so those sap our energy, right? All those things make us really feel like crap. So you t- and you take that and you link it with something called confirmation bias, which is a psychological term. And it pretty much means that we seek out information that validates what we already believe. So if I take this limiting belief, let's say I think, um, uh, let's say I think, you know, I'm not as far along as I should be, right? Then I tie that to confirmation bias, which is my brain's way of scanning the world to confirm what I already believe. Well, I just told my brain that I don't think I'm as far along as I should be. So I'm literally scanning the world unconsciously with my brain to find information that will validate that belief. It's so powerful and it's so destructive. And so I take people through a process to help them get to the other side of that, right? To, to weaken the grip of those limiting beliefs and to figure out the, like the empowering beliefs, the beliefs that are going to support them in accomplishing what they need to accomplish or what they want to accomplish. But you have to know what you want to accomplish. And so it's a, it's a little bit of a process, but the work is, is, tr- is truly transformational. I mean, people's eyes are just opened up in a way that I have never seen um, before, and it shifts all of their energy and all of the things that they're trying to accomplish in their life. Once they realize that they're self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I, one of the things I tell myself, and I think all professionals sell themselves, um, whether it's a lawyer or agency owner or a doctor or chiropractor is I don't have time for this. And, you know, I'm sure that's one of the things that you hear all the time. How do you overcome that limiting belief? Yep. Well, I mean, you know, first of all, it, it's, it, you know, part of it is just actually making a new decision 
right? And I know this, this is going to sound crazy because like the part of the problem with this work is with confirmation bias is that you've spent a lifetime looking for evidence to support that you don't have enough time. And I see this with lawyers all the time, right? I mean, you think, and I, my own experience, right? Like I have a, a story that I share when I was practicing law, I remember having a moment, you know, mind you that most of us as lawyers keep track of our life in six minute increments. That's how we bill. Um, and so I remember having this moment that I was supposed to be having fun. I was at some event or something and that was like fun. And I was like, I started having like a mini panic attack because I wasn't having fun. And this was my, my fun block of time. And it was like, Oh my God, if I'm not having fun in my fun time, I should be billing because I have so many hours I have to bill. And it's, it's so corrosive um, to, to your soul to start managing your life that way. And so to, to, to recognize that that is a limiting belief um, and to replace it with an empowering belief that, that will actually support you in getting there. And, and it's different for each person because it's hard to say what the trigger is for each person. But I can tell you, like, there's, there's a client that I work with, and I remember them saying afterwards, and this it's like really struck me, that they, said, they were telling me that, first of all, they grew their business by like over 40% while we were working together. And they, one of their like, biggest like, takeaways was that they've actually found more time after implementing some of the work, right? Because this goes back to your point in terms of when you're taking on everything, you're taking on good clients, you're taking on bad clients, when you're burning both ends of the candle, you're doing all these things that sap you of your vitality, right? If you're not structuring your day the right way, there's so many inefficiencies. When you take into consideration how you structure your business, how you manage your, your time, whether you set boundaries, your limiting beliefs, that are sapping you of energy. So like every time you walk around and have that limiting belief, you know, that's, that's hours a day for the average person where they're feeling depressed, frustrated, anxious, overwhelmed. None of your greatness comes out when you're feeling like that. And so to put yourself, like if you just think about your own personal experiences, when you feel like you're on top of the world, when you're in flow, you can crank through anything, right? You've got that sharp ax, you're knocking down that tree. When you have all these limiting beliefs and you're feeling anxious and overwhelmed and don't have enough time, you don't get anything done. It robs you. And so it's, 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 it's flipping that switch and taking a, you know, putting those things in place, those practice, your marketing, your business, your, all these different strategies that allow you to have that sharp ax so you can cut through things way faster. And that, that, that's, they'll literally see that, that experience that after working together for a while, they have way more time. That's fantastic. I mean, and, you know, and having more time and enjoying your time, I think as much as having your time, as much as enjoying yeah. your time, and to your point, then it makes you much more powerful in every place. Like, and that, the reason, you know, we're talking about this is because I feel, I mean, it's not just my opinion, it's most great business people's opinion that your marketing is your number one most important job as a business owner, right? Peter Drucker said there's, but business has two functions, marketing and innovation. And, you know, and I see so many business owners thinking that if I just get better, if I just do this, if I just do that, you know, if I get this one skill, I'll, my business is going to grow and that's actually holding them back. And it's actually making them worse at the rest of their stuff too. Um, so get, getting rid of these limiting beliefs is very important, not only to growing your business, to improving your marketing, but improving your life. Um, how do you identify them? And how do you go about starting to remove them? Yeah. You know, actually, I just want to touch on really quickly, like just to 
to drill home like the point that you just said because because it, it is it's the, one of the biggest mistakes is also in the top three in terms of like the competency i always say that you know in particular with the lawyers like like most of them are chasing the last one percent of competency or credibility like they think that's the game right because most of them did really well in school and they've got advanced degrees and so they're always it's that elusive last one percent they don't realize there's a whole mountain sitting on the side but they're all fighting over the last one percent of competency so i, I just i want to you know yeah, emphasize and, exactly what you're saying and you know if you're not an attorney if you're someone else doing this i see this across the board i see it in yep. agency owners i see it in everyone where these are the things holding back instead of going to the point of you know if you look at um good to great right the book by um oh, what's oh, i can't remember his name marshall, right now marshall goldsmith yeah, it's it's all those the number one reason that business grows. They get one thing and they just keep doing it over and over and over again instead of adding more and more skill sets. More and more, it's actually the the one reason that businesses grow fast is having one thing they do well, not exceptionally well, but they just keep doing it over and over and over again. Uh, yep. And and it's it's been proven. It's not just an opinion. You know, if you look right, at right, right. so to your point. You know, and I actually I said Marshall Goldsmith. I meant Jim Collins. Yeah, Jim Collins. That's who it is. Um, you know, and, and it's so this is a proven thing, folks. That you know, you're not by going out and learning how to do something. You know, slightly better versus just selling more and more of the top end thing. Uh, you're not improving your business. So, yeah. And it also ties into your point. Like, this is also about having fun. Like, and, and for, listen, I'm a big fan of fun just for the sake of fun. But literally, if you're one of those people that are just like hyper-focused on results, it's also because having fun in, increases your like productivity. It improves your productivity. It increases your creativity. Like, having fun is like, that's the name of the game too, uh, both short-term and long-term. And that's why I love this work is because it's, to me, it's not fulfilling if I work with someone and they have phenomenal success for five years or 10 years, and then they crash and burn, right? They have a heart attack. They're miserable. They're divorced. They're, they're, they, you know, they, they burn all the bridges, right? It's like, that's not success in my opinion, at least not the way that I define it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see this as a long-term game. And uh, so, you know, a- actually to one of my long-term visions, because I believe so much in this work, one of my long-term visions is actually to have a nonprofit um, that goes to middle school and middle schools and high schools and brings this kind of work to them. Because I just think, you know, once again, going to the whole competency thing, like the competency is great. And there, we learn a lot of great things in school, but man, like this stuff isn't being taught to most kids or most adults for that matter. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it can change the trajectory of somebody's life. And so um, that's part of my long-term vision. I agree. I mean, and, and there's so many people that it, it sounds, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of people out here that haven't made the switch and don't believe in working on your mindset. Don't believe in any of this personal development, quote unquote stuff. But I, I've, it's hard to find someone that hasn't done it in some way, shape or form and is really successful and has moved to the next yeah. level. Yeah. Um, and it, it's fun once you get into it. I mean, once, once people get a taste for it, I think it sounds, although I think we've actually reached a tipping point. I remember, I mean, this, we've got uh, a far cry from 2010 when I, or 2008, really, when I was getting started. I mean, back then it was, you know, to some extent the coaching space was, Hey, you know, we've got a problem person, 
come come on in and and you know we'll give them one last last shot before we kick them out of here. Now it's really I think over like 60% of the Fortune 500 executives have experienced coaching in some capacity. It's really viewed as a badge of honor and it's it's viewed as a, a competitive advantage. How do you yeah. get ahead? Yeah. And, yeah. and I really it's it's both. It's twofold. It's not just the mindset work. I mean that's that's critical and I I actually think that's more important than the other side of it, but it's also about having a business plan. Most, you know, that's most people that I've worked with have barely scratched the surface of having any sort of plan um, to help them get where they want to go. Yeah. Oh, I I see it all the time. And it's just like, oh, if I get one more sale, if I get five more clients, but and then they have to take whatever five clients come through the door because they don't have a marketing plan and they don't have a marketing plan because they have a business plan. They don't have a business plan because they really don't know what they want out of their business and haven't sat down and figured that out. So they're scared to make a business plan because they think a business plan won't work because yep. they've never put enough effort into it. And it's, it's an endless cycle. And yeah. Oh my, you know what? It's funny you say that because that's the other part of it too. The whole, like, if it's not perfect, like then it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, two things come to mind, you know, I, I, someone was telling me one time and I just love this. And so I've taken my own as well, but like, but like, look, it's all about taking imperfect action, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's how you learn and grow. Um, we don't, you know, you gotta be on the court playing the game. And for most people, they want to figure it out in their head, um, before they're willing to step on the court and play the game. But that's not really where, where all the learning takes place. The learning takes place when you're on the court playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You've, I mean, you, 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 there's only so much practice you can do and only so much planning you can do, but, uh, you know, but having a plan and then executing it and realizing where it went wrong, cause it's going to go wrong. Right. Yeah. I, you know, uh, MacArthur is, uh, credited with it. And Muhammad Ali was saying, you know, everyone has a plan until they land until the first punch just landed. And, yep, yep, you know, yep. but you still have to have that plan. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's another great quote I forgot by some military general, and he said, "Yeah, we like we plan. You know, we we spend a lot of time planning for the war, and then of course the war starts, and we throw the plan out the window. But like, if we didn't like the plan is what lets us win the war, even though we don't use it during the war." Yep. Yeah, and I think that's one of those things. You, it's it's a tough thing for if you've because if you, once again coming back to professionals, coming back to a lot of this stuff. Up until now, everything's been cut and dry, right? It's been, if I do X and I do Y, I will get Z. And a lot of times yep. you do X and you do Y, you don't get Z, but you've learned a lot along the way. Um, yeah. And so, you know, coming back to the question of the limiting beliefs, because right now we've talked about all these beliefs that someone has that's yeah. holding them back. Uh, yep. And I see it across the board. And one of the things I always tell people is, you know, what, what got you at this point in your business is not what's going to get you to the next point because yeah. that's why you keep hitting that ceiling. How do you identify those limiting beliefs and, you know, and how do you work on them? Yep. I, I think a good starting point for most people is, is to identify what they want. I mean, listen, you could just sit and listen to your brain. I mean, honestly, like it sounds so silly, but if you just got, like have a journal and you walk around during the day and every time you start feeling like frustrated, annoyed, disappointed, just like ask yourself, like, what's the conversation that you're having with yourself in your head? And you'll, you'll uncover like, like tens, hundreds, I mean, probably for some people, thousands of limiting beliefs. Um, so, but, but maybe a more strategic way if you really want to zero in on like the business side of things is just sit down and ask yourself what you want to accomplish, right? Like what's something really big professionally that you want to accomplish in the next five years? 
right? And almost without fail, I guarantee you, if you go big, right? Because don't play small here, but like if you actually put something out there that's really big about what you want to accomplish, almost instantaneously what will start coming up are all the reasons why you don't think it will happen and why it can't happen. And there you go. Right there are all your, like, are a bunch of your limiting beliefs around that particular thing. So, like, if you, if you say, hey, I want to, you know, I want to, you know, bring in 50 new clients in the next 24 months, boom, all of a sudden, give, give your brain 10 seconds and it will start spitting out all the reasons why it doesn't think, you know, because, <laughs> listen, as humans, what do we want? We want, it, we want certainty. We want stability. We want safety, peace of mind, all the things that kept us safe all, over all these years. But, but they're getting in the way of you actually achieving amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, completely. And your brain wants to be as lazy as possible uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and have as much certainty as possible. It's how we survived. But okay. um, yeah, that, that's fantastic. So let's recap here because you, you said there's three biggest mistakes and I think the three bis- biggest mistakes are actually limiting beliefs, but tell me about those three and which ones um, you think are really people need to work on professionals, lawyers, doctors, dentists. Well, I, I mean, if you like from a limiting belief one, I, I, the, one of the biggest ones that I see, and I, I would just like circle it because I think it's, it's probably universally the biggest one that I see is, is I don't have enough time. Um, and people have them for different reasons, right? Like some people have families, other people don't have any partners or they're running their business on their own. Other people have medical conditions, other people, I mean, right. It's like, whatever it is, right. Like people just in our, and, and it's, it's only getting worse because we are developing shorter attention spans and we are more addicted to technology, which is beautiful, right? Technology is like liberating us and making everything move faster and we're able to get things you know, quicker. But, it's, but for that exact reason, it's also quickening the pace of everything. And so people are just distracted and running around. And we work on this. When, when people work with me, we work on limiting distractions and doing deep work. But the time one is one of the biggest ones. And just getting people to understand that that is a limiting belief. You have just as much time as any other person. Right? You, have, you have as much time as all of the most successful people in the world have ever had. Um, it's not an issue of time. It's an issue of how you are spending that time and how much energy you have in that time. And, and so that's why it's, all, it's an integrated approach because the, it starts with the belief. Because if you have the belief that you don't have enough time, then literally all you're doing is asking your brain to find all, of the, time, like all the moments where you feel like you don't have enough time right? Oh, I've got to take care of my kid. There you go. Another excuse. I don't have enough time, right? Um, oh, so my car broke down. Well, there you go, right? Thought I didn't, you know, of course I don't have enough time, right? Or there's a project that's coming up and something goes wrong. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. See, if I had another week, I would have had more, you know, I, I don't have a marketing plan, right? Like all these things are, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a limiting belief to say that you don't have enough time. Um, and in this case, you know, you can just flip it around if you want, but it's what are you trying to accomplish? And in this case, if you just, you can literally say, I have all the time in the world, right? And I know it sounds so crazy and that may, that may not be the one that you would take on, um, but it's whatever's going to make you feel good in that moment and not drop you into that crappy state where you just cycle through and waste tons of time. Because that's exactly it. That limiting belief of I don't have enough time puts you in a position to actually waste time. So then it becomes self-fulfilling. If I don't think I have enough time and I feel like crap 
and then I take action or avoid taking certain action because I feel that way, I produce crappy results, which just confirms that I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't have faith in the actions that you're taking. So yeah, like you're saying, you, you produce crappy results because you're like, uh, this isn't going to work. Uh, let me yeah. just put a little bit of time to it. I'm guilty of that. Um, and then what, so, you know, for the sake of time, what are the two, <laughs> for the sake of our time, uh, what are the, the other two biggest mistakes that you see? Um, another big one is, is, and you, you mentioned this before, but just grinding away, right? Like, or, or it's a little cliche at this point, but the working on your business, you know, working in your business instead of working on your business. Listen, they're both important. You're getting paid to produce results, but it's the mistaken belief that if I just work harder, I'll produce better results. And it's really, really not true. And it's a really hard thing to break because it's, it's a, going back to the Jim Collins kind of like what got you here is not going to be what gets you to the next level, right? Being a really hardworking, put your head down, uh, awesome frontline person is not going to be what gets you to grow, you know, grow your business. And so the mistake is in thinking that you need to work harder, um, just delivering services or, or like to use what, to your point, you know, focusing on the competency when really what you should be doing is finding time to work on your business. Now, what does that mean? That could mean working on your mindset. That could mean working on your business plan. That could mean working on your marketing. Um, that could mean redoing your website, whatever, anything that is actually helping you, um, grow your business, but is not tied to delivering the service of your business. Right. And I always say this, right. There, there's not, there's no one right way to be successful, but there is your right way. And so the part of it is just taking that time to actually figure out what your right way is. Who are you? What do you want to accomplish? Right. And, and sharpening that blade, that's, that would probably be the, one of the other really big things is too much time just focusing on competency and delivering and not enough time focusing on you and growing the business. Uh, yeah. And these are campaigns that, you know, I, I literally, right before I was talking to you, was talking to another agency owner um, who has grown many businesses, uh, yeah. you know, is growing the current business really fast, but then was like, I'm having problems and in the internals of the business. And when I said, you know, that we all need a coach, we all need a consultant, no matter how much knowledge you have of this stuff. I mean, you hire yeah. coaches and consultants too, right? Oh For my yourself. gosh. All, all the time. I, the amount of money that, <laughs> that I spend on, on my own coaching and development, I think there is a direct correlation between uh, it's not necessarily just the dollars, but how much you invest in your own growth and development, and you can define that different ways, and the success of your business. So yes, I, I invest tremendously um, in my own, you know, development and and coaching and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think you know, and there's this lie out there that uh, people, we the media per per you know perpetuates, and we perpetuate too in our marketing that we did it all on our own. Right. And that, and, and we see that, but you really need a group of people and, you know, Zig Ziglar, ultra successful coach and consultant and speaker, like at any given time had, he said he had 12 coaches and consultants of his own. Wow. Um, Yeah. So it shows you right. How much he valued it. It wasn't just, he wasn't just talk. Uh, And we see that Tony Robbins does. I mean, and all the people that Tony Robbins coaches for, 
everyone has a consultant. I mean, you look, even the president that they have consultants around them um, in your cabinet. So I think it's ultra crucial. And what I love about it is the fact that you've been there. It's not your like, Oh, I read a few books. I read Jim Collins and now I'm going to be a a coach (laughs) and consultant. You've done it all. Um, Yeah. So working with you, if someone wants to work with you, how do they get started? Um, you know, if, if I can just jump in really quickly just to support what you said, um, I'll add one other piece to it. Not only is it so critical to I've seen for my success, but I think all the other famous people you've mentioned, but it's also more fun, right? Because like, and we've all heard you are who you hang out with, like, right, the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Well, you surround yourself in this network. Like, that's the other benefit of it. It's not just about the, the one-on-one coaching that you get, but you all of a sudden start surrounding yourself in a community, of other like-minded business people that want to live powerful lives, both personally and professionally. So that, that's another huge takeaway that I think sometimes we forget that like, it's not just about the advice or the support that the consultant or the coach would give you, but it's also about accessing this network of other people that are wanting to accomplish amazing things in life. And, and the difference that that community provides is, is also priceless. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been priceless to my business. I'm sure to yours. Um, yeah. So yeah. working with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's working with me. So I, you know, uh, people can, uh, find me on my website, which is the power of Um, and I, I you, you can call me, uh, if you want as well, uh, which is my number is two, four, eight, five, one, four, four, nine, two, zero. I, uh, I make myself incredibly available and, uh, either one of those, you can also email me, which is, uh, Marty M A R T Y at the power of com. So those would be the three ways right now to get a hold of me. Marty, thank you very much. And if you're listening to this, you know, Marty's, you know, just starting to really scale his business. So if you're listening to six months from now, from the episode, (laughs) that that availability might not be there. So I would take advantage of that now. Uh, Marty, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been awesome to have you on. Yeah, likewise. I I appreciate it. It was great. uh, Great having fun with you, Honor. Um, And thank you all for listening to Marty and I and taking us on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 